Hey folks, we're here at Film Photography Podcast, and I tell you, I am excited. I'm excited because on this show... What show? It's our roundup, our... Uh, our... Uh, <laughs> of recap. The, yeah, our, thank you. Our recap of the Film Photography Podcast, the FPP Walking Workshop 2015 that was at San Clemente, at the Dark Room in San Clemente, California... Very jealous I wasn't there. It looked fantastic. It was fun. It was really a good time. Yeah. As they all are. Yep. As all the walking workshops tend it to was be. A, the only way I could describe it is this is a character that was in Breaking Bad. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, vaguely. Might have been Tuco. Yes, it was Tuco. Was it Tuco? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Tuco is in Better Call Saul. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> now, are these shows on... Uh, what show? Are these TV shows in other... T- Territories like our friends in Canada. I don't know. That's a good. Well, Netflix is worldwide, so Breaking Bad is on Netflix. No, so. well, no, it's AMC. Not. It's not. Uh, it's it's worldwide, no, but it's it limited. Is. It's on uh, AMC. Yes, oh, best that? TV shows on TV. Yes, hands down. Surprisingly, except where did for they come HBO. from? Just out of nowhere, Breaking Bad, uh, boom. Wow, this Walking sounds. Dead. This feels like an old show because we're like an old timey mm. 2010 show where we just talk about. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the tangential Wait, show. What, what were we talking about? So, folks listening, we had our. our so, our anyways, Tuco was so excited that he went. Woo-hoo! No, it was and that's how Mike truck. felt about yeah, the San Clemente. It was more like. Woo! That, that, like a Richard Dean style. Yeah, it was just a. It was just a glorious event, and you know, if we do it again in San Clemente at the dark room. I really, you know, first of all, I want to announce it earlier if we do it mm-hmm. again, so that hopefully some folks over the, you know, over the pond. Yeah, I'm hoping that folks from other countries may consider coming over because I think if we had more people there and we had more giveaway cameras, mm. we did, how many tables? We give you give away like a hundred cameras, literally. Jeez. It it's, was crazy. It was, it was like flea market. It was like yeah. tables of cameras that we're giving away. And it was cameras were given away. Um, they had to rent extra tables to put the cameras on, and then there were still cameras left that we said, "Screw it, just put them out on the on the lunch tables." Like just right. let people take them for free. Like there's just too many cameras. So it's California, Southern California. It's a glorious weather. Mm-hmm. The dark room went all out. They set up. Yeah. They set up like a breakfast nook where you walk in. There's coffee, there's tea. There was uh, what they have big for cookies, big, co- big yeah, cookies were so cool. ba- with wraps. bagels, oh, bagels, wraps, bagels and wraps, coffees, teas, uh, bagels and wraps and coffees. Oh my! Uh, we have we, this show is made up of clips, you mm-hmm. know, sound clips that we recorded. Yes. So I addressed the crowd and I said, you know, to myself, I'm like, you know, this time I want to bring a sample of films because I always go to our FPP walking workshops and we I never talk about. Our own like hand rolled films, mm. so I brought a sample bag mm-hmm. of hand rolled films, and I talked briefly about each one, and then we gave them away, which was mm. a lot of fun. Yeah, I was that. actually surprised at the number of different films. I didn't realize that you had a lot of those weird, yeah, the low ISO color and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. see, we just don't know. Yeah, before I went on, so to speak, <laughs> I went to the I went to the cooler, and there's ice in the cooler, and in the ice were drinks. No. <laughs> How Matt, strange. Those Matt, people in California are so weird. Matt brought like three. Am I exaggerating? Did he bring three cases of Mr. Brown? Oh, my God. I, I believe four. Yeah. Jay. He, brought uh, macadamia he, checked, nut. he checked a giant pelican case of, Mr. of, of just Mr. Brown. Mr. Four Brown. cases of Mr. Brown. 
God. And then he had to lug the empty Pelican case back. Before I went, quote, unquote, on stage to address the crowd, oh, no. I hate You did not. He shotgunned. I, oh, did. God. I did. Stoops. <laughs> like, it transformed me into... Like, you were like, you were Joel Osteen. You were like, he was pacing like a hundred <laughs> feet back and forth, pointing at people. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> the power of film. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. It was, um, it was uh, unusual. I need a low ISO film and a high ISO film. <laughs> uh, wow. Let's, uh, I have also some, some letters. Do we have that uh, rousing speech yes. committed to tape? Yes. You want to uh, hear some of it? I would love to. All right. Let's go to that right now. Booyah! Wow! <laughs> this, this kicks like a mule with his duct tape. Wow! Tight, 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 yeah! Uh, uh, wow! Damn, man, look at that, look! Booyah! Wow! <laughs> no, that wasn't it. No, that wasn't it. That, that wasn't the clip. I was just joking. Oh, jeez. We're here in San Clemente to do our annual free, what we call, walking workshop. The last two have been held in Finlay, Ohio, and uh, we have a great relationship with the darkroom here in San Clemente, and both Keith and Phil uh, at the darkroom suggested, it's like, why don't you guys come out and do an event? Uh, we have a couple of our hardcore fans, yeah. uh, all the way from Washington, D.C., uh, one from New York. Yep. So we have folks from all over the states. Yeah. It's a pretty cool turnout, a great turnout, really organized, and they're all excited and super positive. Everyone's very inspired, you know, by using film as a medium. Our listeners are, uh, it's a mixed bag of hobbyists, uh, semi-professionals, and professionals. I know we have a few uh, event shooters, mm-hmm. people who shoot weddings and events. Uh, there are some folks out here who work in the, in, in the industry. Another interesting thing about the, the folks, the audience that we have show up, uh, and just the audience that are shooting film in general, there's a lot of folks, myself included, they've learned every, like, their whole photographic life has taken place with a digital camera. So when you discover that there's like this whole world that existed prior to digital, you're, you're intrigued instantly. It's a, it's a complete novelty. So the, the yeah. darkroom process, how it works, uh, it's just, it's, some of it's the opposite of how the digital system works, some of it's the same, but it's a little bit harder to, to get into and learn, and you can kind of, there's so many cameras out there and so many processes, it, it almost feels like it's your own. You know, there's, sure, there's millions of people doing it, but it feels, feels very unique to you. And that's how I see the FPP as like a support group for people who are, yeah, exactly. who are, you know, maybe curious, you know, oh, I've heard about Nikon S2s, but I can't really afford one, but there's one hanging around your neck. Can I, Try yeah. it for a second. You know, how does it feel? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? So at meetups like this, you, you get to try out a lot of cameras you've never seen before or you never heard of before. You know, again, example of this one, um, and find something that you know, find things that you might like or not like, or uh, take your hobby to the next step. It's kind of like the how it's made. You know, like you can yes. watch how it's made, but like when you actually go through the lab and take the tour and see, oh well, this is where it's and now it's going here. Like yeah. you see. Wow, I'm only paying how much to have all of this done? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. all of these people are going to touch my, go through my film and make sure I have these awesome prints. So, like, it, it adds value to the awesome service that the darkroom already does. Yeah. But you have an appreciation for the whole process. Like, you know, once you do it yourself, you understand, oh, this is hard. But then you see what all these guys do yeah. and how long they've been doing it and how quickly and efficiently they do it. It's, it's awesome. Like, 
the whole digital, early 2000s, everything was converting to digital, digital SLRs. I mean, now all that's, it's here, it's, down. it's yeah. now, everyone shoots digital. It's not really film versus digital. There's no competition, but digital shooters, kids in college, are discovering like, oh my God, this, this old, what, how do I use these old kids? It's a whole yeah, it's new discovery for uh, young people to discover film and how to shoot with it. And the professionals and the, and the hobbyists that switch to digital realize they come back to film those who just aren't satisfied by the digital experience. You don't have to put a lot of work into uh, on the digital side of it to get a good result. And uh, that's just kind of the mixed bag of folks yeah. we have there. They're into, they're into it for a different reason. People who are here at this event, the idea of shooting film on a camera, they work it into their life. You know, they go out on their own photo walks. They get together with their friends and do film photo walks. So it's become sort of a, uh, an awesome hobby and one that yields amazing results. This is an annual event and uh, it all revolves around filmphotographyproject.com, our site. And uh, it's, I can't say anything other than it's amazingly fantastic. Probably the greatest free events uh, any photographer could hope for. Hey, we're back. Here's a letter from Barbara Murray. Who knew I could survive World War III? I feel so post-apocalyptic. You have to read this a little more enthusiastically. Oh. Walking workshop. Okay. WW3. Oh, World Walking War III? Workshop 3. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was referring to the wor workshop as WW3. No. Okay. No, thanks. Who knew I could survive WW3? I feel so post-apocalyptic. I want to thank both of you and your awesome teammates for a really fun and enlightening experience. The darkroom tour was great and gave me lots of insights into how things work. The commentary and giveaways were beyond awesome. And the food and general hospitality were far better than many events I paid good money for. Yeah, see, bagels and coffee go a long way. And uh, sandwich wraps. Did they have, like, salmon? You know, like no, cream no cheese salmon. wraps? Oh. No one believes me that not only was this free, but you fed us and gave away great film gear and film. I am so sorry not to have been able to attend Sunday's session, but family obligations arose. I did get down to the pier for a while and ran into some of those who rode the bus down. Overall, a great chance to meet like-minded people and geek out about film. And again, thanks to everyone involved. I look forward to meeting you again. P.S. Michael, I told your story about the Shmina film and how it mysteriously appears to a Polish friend who grew up in the Soviet system. And she just shrugged as if to say, "Let's the big deal. <laughs> It's always worked that way. She's referring to my rant. That was the rant. About, I talked about, you know, in a crazed... You know, everyone has questions. Like, you know, I'm not going to say it again, but people have questions. Like, oh, where do you get this film? The factory's closed. How can you have fresh film? But if you were from Poland or mm. Russia... You'd be like, so what? Exactly. Like what? Does that surprise you? Yeah, latkes and shmina. What's the big deal? <laughs> Leave the next app of rubles under the park bench and you will get your film. What's yeah, the problem? I, I, Here we go from Andrea Carpio. And re uh that's how you pronounce her name. Andy R E E U H. And re uh <laughs> Hey guys and Leslie. I attended the FPP WW3. That's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? it FPP does. WW3. This past weekend and loved it. it. 
Thanks so much for giving us such a great experience. And all of the goodies, too. I won the super fancy Nikon FE and the big Diana Fun Kit from the darkroom. Wow, really? What's in that? She had to guess how many... Well, oh, film I, canisters were in the thing. Oh, there? you saw it online. Oh, I saw everybody's pictures. Yeah, yeah, that giant through like, the tears. It's a giant bowl, like the big yeah. fish bowl. Fish bowl. Yeah, to guess she, how she guessed it. She like, guessed like within two. Within, oh yeah, wow! And 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 not and the answer wasn't like five. I mean, like the answer was seven hundred and eighty something. Really? Like, yeah, she got pretty close. Ooh. I was way. Oh, off. the Diana. What was in the Diana Fun Kit? The Fun fun. Kit. It's a big box, and you get a Diana. You get mm. the lenses, right? It's like a whole thirty-five or thirty-five or thirty-five one twenty back. Oh, it had the flash. It wow. had the filters. It really? Had, it was like a big box. Oh, yeah, it had I want Diana the instant Fun bag. Kit. It yes. must have had the instant bag. By the way, folks listening, you you know, before I was pitching, like, oh, you know, think about making this your destination. If we do this again, we'll let you know early enough. You know, get get a plane mm. ticket. I'm telling you, listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. If I see FPPers like from England or other countries booking passage to come to our workshop, I will, I will make, make sure, sure. Booyah! that it is that worth is your while. while. Like we'll 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 you know there'll be plenty to give. We'll away. get out the the F one point four lenses. Wow! Start giving away the good stuff. Table of lenses. <laughs> when Mark and I were going through, we, you know, we go through our donations and we try to sort them. What's going to go to, like this pile? Okay, these are going to go to schools, and this, these are going to go to schools, mm. and, and then what we wind up is all sorts of stuff, which I didn't have time to ship, but next time I will. All those zooms, like oh, I have lenses, two boxes. Oh, of, there's hundreds of lenses. But you but know that folks at this event would have loved to have a table oh. just of zoom lenses. Yeah. That's nice. Because not everyone has a zoom lens. Yeah. There are t- so many opportunities to ramp it up next year. For example, even in the, the breakfast nook, okay, John's like, oh, well, there's, okay, so maybe we can get a little salmon. I'll be like, Phil, can yes. you put salmon in there, please? That'd be great. You know? So, for example, 1.4 lenses, zoom lenses, and salmon. <laughs> That's the three things that you'll get if you Those come from Those are my criteria England. to fly to California yeah, If you come year. from Europe, you'll also, get salmon. Also, uh, Phil Stebley, his son Chris, is a videographer. Oh, no kidding. He was there with his red cam. Oh, wow. Really? <clears throat> red Dragon 6K. Oh, that's he sh- nice. He shot a mini doc, like a few yeah. few minute doc that's going to be on the our YouTube channel. Mm, In the mini doc, man. Matt says that this event is quite possibly the greatest, greatest free, free film, film photography, photography event mm. In the yeah, it costs no money. It has to. It's Th- there's no be. other thing like no, it. No fee. How great is that? It doesn't get much greater. What else does Andrew say? One of our goodies was a roll of Smina Super Positive black and white oh, film. Nice. I need advice on shooting this magic roll of film. I don't have a camera that can go to 0.8 for the ISO. I see the equation. <laughs> Shoot on bulb. You post it on the page for the film, but it isn't making sense to me. I'm a newbie with all of this different film stuff, so could you possibly simplify the math for me? I really, really don't want to mess up the film. If my ISO is 25, my lens is 1.4, 1.8, what should my shutter be at? Thank you, thank you for teaching us so many things. So for this film, you could, you know, F2 at one fifteenth of a second. Not everyone is going to get a, a downloaded app for their smartphone, like the Meter app. You should, they're free. I downloaded mine. I don't even like it. Yeah. This, this, she's talking about Shmina Super Positive. It's a positive black and white film. Uh, let's go back to our audio segments. Let's hear um, some interviews in the dark room. Hey out there, FPPers. This is Matt walking through. We're at the end of a darkroom tour here at the darkroom in San Clemente, California. And I'm here with a longtime FPPer, Brandon Nedwick. And Brandon... Uh, you just had something really awesome to show me that you got at the darkroom tour. I don't think anybody else did. Yeah, I was uh, I was planning ahead. I shot some 
shot some film last week and sent it in and sure enough on the tour i found my my envelopes there staring me in the face so it was, it was pretty exciting oh no way uh so what did uh what'd you send them i sent uh four 120 rolls of portrait 160 and i think a, a roll of 35 that is awesome so uh what'd you think of the whole tour the whole experience uh, it was really exciting uh people asking really good questions uh Really, really grilling the darkroom staff about all the the services they offer, and uh, and we got to see the the dip and dunk processors. It was a lot of fun. Definitely going to be sending your film back again. Oh, for sure, for sure, everything. Here with Mr. Michael Rossum. Hey. And longtime FPP contributor, awesome blogger, and great photographer Brian Moore. Thank you very much. Finally, it's great meeting you in the flesh. Finally. Thanks a lot, Matt. So what do you uh, what do you think of the workshop so far? Excellent workshop. It's amazing. Uh, the dark room is well worth seeing. If ever anybody could get a chance to come down here, they do a great job. Obviously on the photos they do, uh, very impressive setup. Did you get your free T-shirt? Got my free T-shirt. Hope awesome. it fits. Yep. Nice. Did you sign up for your free camera? Signed up for my free camera. Got a free camera off the table as well. Very nice. Yep. Very nice. So what uh, what do you got today here for the uh, for the week? Cameras on me today. I have a Canon F1, Matt. I have this. Uh, uh, what's it called? Superheads blue ribbon. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like toy ultra camera. Slim yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. It's a knockoff. And I have my tried and true and trusty oh. XA3 oh, Olympus. Three. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So nice. probably shoot with this camera more than any other camera I ever shoot with. Nice. This I also have an XA. Great little cameras. Yeah, my XA is like my new trade show camera. It's just always on my always on my person. Yeah. yeah. Well, very cool. Yep. It's great finally meeting you. Thank Keep you, up the great work, uh, great blogs, and uh, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, you can win some great cameras today. Thanks a lot, Matt. Really appreciate meeting you guys. Oh my gosh, uh, Mr. Rick Paul, what was that? That was my mighty Nikon F5. Mighty is uh, is kind of taking it easy. That is a huge, huge camera. It looks like just one of their modern DSLRs. It sort of uh, w- would remind you of the early uh, digital SLRs, which came along shortly afterwards, like the D2X and the D1. They yeah. were based on the same body. But I, I like to joke, if your F5 stops working, you can use it for a weapon or use it to, to hammer nails or something. Oh, it's, it's enormous. And it weighs a lot. It's got a solid metal construction body. Yeah, full, full AF. How many frames was that? That was about eight. That was about eight. If you... This has alkalines in it. If you could still get the Nikon batteries that go in it, it can yeah. do, it can do ten. That's in, that's insane. So this was like the the press heavy duty sports shooter. Yeah, this is what you would have seen at football games in the in the eighties and nineties. Would, would would be the F five. Nice. My uh, my buddy Casey over at Midwest Photo Exchange uh, shares your enthusiasm for the uh, for the whole line of Nikon cameras. He is an F guy himself. Our top case of our used cabinet, F one all the way to F six. He just has everything in there ready to go well i have the x6 over in the car so even bigger yeah yeah yeah. wow well thanks for bringing that to beautiful condition and awesome modern lens on there yeah i'm here with um relatively new to fpp and film photography in general uh mr derek smith derek thanks for coming out hey thanks a lot for having us so uh, how far did you have to drive out today derek only about 30 minutes north of here so you're used to this uh, this beautiful sun, awesome weather all the time. Yeah, this is a pretty hot weekend for us, but yeah, we're we're definitely used to a lot of sun around here. Very nice. So, Derek, I see you got with you today a little Yashica. 
Yeah, it's a little uh, rangefinder camera that I picked up a, about a year ago, and I'm real happy with it. It's aperture priority, so it does a lot of the guesswork for me. The electronics are working real great, and I just had it rebuilt by a gentleman in Connecticut, so I'm real happy with it. Connecticut? What's his name? Uh, Russ. His name is Russ Cisco, and he operates out of, if you don't mind me giving him a little plug, camerarefurb.com. Uh, wonderful job. Cleaned it up for me great. Got all the electronics working. That's awesome. Battery adapter for the old Mercury-style battery is nice. all adjusted real clean uh viewfinder and the the thing's working great that's awesome so uh what's you know what is uh, brings you to film photography you know from any other any other thing you could do what's what is it about film i just think it's the process it's the the time that you spend looking at the shot before you pull the trigger i think it's the uh, the look the grain that i really like the darkroom process that i've been learned or taught recently is really great <laughs> Looking at another camera over here. Yeah, so, we're Rick just bringing by more Nikons as we speak. Just. Yeah, a lot of machinery around here. Uh, a lot of good eye candy. Oh, definitely. So, what do you think of the darkroom? Love the darkroom. The uh, facility is amazing. Uh, the amount of film that goes through there is incredible. I had no idea that it was like that. Yeah. So, uh, definitely uh, recommend uh, future workshops or future uh, FPP events. Absolutely, they're great. Get out here and enjoy. Meet some people, and you know they're all like-minded like us, and uh, yeah, grow and expand. Cool. Thanks for chatting with us today, Derek, and hope to see some more work from you in the future. Matt, thank you very much, man. I'm here with the Darkroom's very own black and white processing, just gen generic Darkroom processing expert, Mr. AJ Suma. Yes, uh, I'm just trying to give a few tips of uh, uh, things that I've seen. I've been doing it for uh, almost 40 years now, and when people bring in film, a lot of times, especially 120 roll film, the labels are missing. We have a specific time to get the best developing for all of the black and white films, but with the missing labels on them, we don't know if it's plus X, tri X, HP4, FP4, HP5, push, pulled, etc., and we have to generically develop it. To get the best results, if you are missing the label, put on a label with it and write what type of film it is. So just like a piece of tape or something it's on it? A piece of tape uh, with uh, the uh, film type on it. People have torn film in the camera and they put, try to send it in. Sometimes they send it in in a clear or translucent Fuji container and think that it's going to be light type uh, where the light goes through. Of course it's going to be fogged. Make sure it's a dark container and, and put a good strong piece of tape across the top because that does mark the film that we know not to open the container. A lot of people send film in the containers and we open them up to get the film to develop them and it's just regular. Most of the time it's regular film so if it's not taped the girls automatically do it to double check what kind of film because people don't tell us whether it's color, black and white, you know, E6 or C41. Oh, wow. So what we do a lot of times is uh, if it's not identified, this is like CSI San Clemente, we'll take a little <laughs> clip off the film and go and develop it through one of the machines. We can determine if it's color or black and white, but not if it's E6 or C41 doing it that way. Yeah, it's, got, we'll, it's like doing it the hard way, yeah. Right, and with all the cross-processing, uh, that people do now, uh, a lot of times they just uh, uh, send in the film and don't say, we want this developed in E6 or we want this developed in C41 because the film is not identified. We didn't know which way not to process it correctly on. So uh, it's just a few things like that. Cool. So on top, of, uh, on top of unraveling the mysteries that are everybody's mismarked film and people not leaving notes, uh, we saw you yesterday. You were actually doing a little custom black and white work. Is that something... Yeah, uh, we do the black and white printing. We have um, 
uh, Naritsu 2301 that's converted for uh, black and white processing with black and white paper and chemistry, multigrade to Ilford paper. Okay. We also have a, um, a uh, Fuji Frontier Lab that uh, uses the uh, Ilford Gallery paper, just like the one they use in England. Ilford also has one that's been converted uh, for black and white where we can... Uh, um, make uh, silver gelatin prints uh, through the internet. People uh, can uh, internet mail us a, a file and we can make enlargements up to 10 by 15 uh, oh, wow. on, on black and white paper on it, on the glossy or the pearl Ilford papers. Well, I love that pearl paper, yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, also, uh, when uh, people send in regular film, uh, we can either we make them uh, a CD and uh, genuine black and white prints uh, on it. Uh, That's a a great service to offer. And I even saw some enlargers in there. There's uh, there's some custom stuff. that We also do a custom enlargement. Uh, Ron uh, Regev from Israel, he's been uh, doing it for at least 30, 35 years. And uh, he is our custom printer. And uh, he owned a black and white lab uh, for years in uh, Santa Ana, California, and is now doing the custom uh, printing for us. Uh, we can do enlargements up to 16 by 20 uh, on, on that. Uh. That's excellent. So I guess the, the biggest takeaway, folks, uh, the darkroom can, uh, can the darkroom process your film? The answer is a resounding yes, just leave a note. Always leave a note. Uh, that's absolutely correct. Just let us know what it is, and we'll do it. Uh, and, uh, again, uh, we try to be uh, CSI here to identify it, and we do a pretty darn good job at it. I can certainly say you do after that tour. Uh, the place is pretty impressive. Again, folks, if you have any film whatsoever, anything you purchase off of the Film Photography Project store, the darkroom.com can most certainly process it. Send it on over here with confidence because they're going to do an amazing job. Thanks again, AJ. You've been great. You're welcome, Matt. Hey, folks. I'm at the Walking Workshop 2015. I'm with a group, and we're getting the tour right now. I'm moving through a crowd of people, sneaking up to get the tour. I'm here with Mr. Joe Bailey of the Darkroom and Shell, and we're getting an exclusive tour of the Darkroom. Watching the magic happen. Ready, guys? I'm ready. You guys ready to go? Whoa, all right, all right, let's get started. Okay, first off, right off the bat, we've got our customer service area here where we do a lot of order entry, um, a lot of our help desk question answering. We also have on the wall here a lot of our buckets and bins for, we also do dealer work as as well as mail order processing as well. This is kind of the heart and soul of the operation when it comes to where film comes in, gets checked in, gets logged into the system. We get everything sorted by what type of process it is, whether it be E6, C41, black and white. Uh, behind you on this wall here is our our rough sort, per se, of how we streamline the production of certain types of films and certain processes. The far left side, about midway, all the way midway down, is the C41, but we've got to divide it up by glossy, matte, CD only, CD and proof sheet, and so on and so forth. We've got a C41 odd section that ends up being 120 film, anything that needs to be pushed and pulled goes into the C41 odd, uh, and then the black and white and E6 a little bit farther down, reprints, and so forth. Our twin checks color-coded to ID what type of, I mean, just everywhere through the process, everything is critically color-coded and prioritized so that mid-process we can control it. Anybody have a question that I can answer? Uh, So what's your um, most popular film type? 
I would say still to this day, the most popular film type is going to be C41 35mm. Followed very, very, very closely with black and white. Black and white 35mm, I would say, and then 120. Uh, when we really rack up all of our film to run a big processing run in the day, it's it's really almost even between C41 35 and black and white. We get a lot of E6. We get a lot of... Uh, C41 odd film also the 120 but really those two are the main you know the main grouping of what we see a lot of so if you're developing a lot of black and white do people usually ask you for a certain developer or pushing pulling or is it just you know run of the mill and you know you do the the, the default D76 or what do you do well we use uh, Ilford developer and we don't have the ability to change developers because we're running it through the big dip and dunk processes that you'll be seeing in a minute but the times for pushing and pulling are absolutely no problem uh, we uh, AJ here will show you in a minute how we change the times of development we have the ability to push and pull E6 and C41 as well as black and white but black and white is obviously the most common because each black and white film type requires a different development time so, I mean, there are certain film types, brands, I guess, that can be run at the same development time. So we group those together and we can run a push roll if it's with the right time with another type of film, so on and so forth. But those guys get, it looks like, you know, a card game going on with them switching around all the different film types and organizing them after I just spent an hour organizing them. They reorganize them by the film types and the times for development. With E6 and uh, C41, if the film needs to be pushed or pulled, it gets run at the end. So we run all the regular normal processing first, and then we do all the pushes and pulls at the end because they require their own little special development. What's your most popular uh, format as far as like just doing dev only versus doing a CD of scans versus prints? Like, What's the most popular combina combination that people ask for? Really, I mean, because of the... It's going to always gravitate towards the least expensive, I think. I don't know if that's really the right answer, but it really ends up being that development CD, development standard CD is going to be the most popular. And what scan, what's the resolution on the, do you have different resolutions that you scan them in on the CD? Is it just a, like through a pack on or something like that? Well, the, the standard resolution scan for 35 millimeter, um, which is the majority, is four and a half megabyte scan per image. And then our enhanced scans are 18 megabytes. And our super scans are 80, almost 82 megabytes per scan. But those super scans are $20 a roll. We see a lot of those. Everything up here that you see with a pink sticker, those are all super scans all the way through the line. So we develop them the same, but we scan them differently through the, at the end of the process. But I would still say that, yeah, the developing standard CDs are the most popular. So those scans, do you run them through like a drum scanner or? Not through a drum scanner. We run them through a, a Noritsu scanner. Similar to this one over here, but it's a specific scan, one of the newer scanners that we have. Well, actually, we have three that we'll be able to run super scans, but it's a Noritsu scanner, not a drum scanner. So drum scanning is still kind of slow pokey process. Very expensive, too. And expensive. The scanners that we utilize are, are quick and production scanners, but we still dial in every single solitary image is, is viewed by a technician and adjusted by a technician every image. We never run things through automatically. We have the ability to. We just hit one button and we hit an auto instead of PJP. Put the film in, it goes in, comes out, and you never even see the image. But we never scan that way, ever. Toward the end of the tour, you guys are going to get to see how much time they actually spend on the super scans. It's definitely worth the 20 bucks. I would say it's even worth you know, 50 to 100% more than, than you guys pay for it. They do a great job. Nope.
Well, I'm here with uh, one of the Darkroom's techs. This is Tamara. Very nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice meeting you, too. So uh, what do you do here? I mostly log in the orders, and I write them up, and then I'll upload photos. So whatever photos that you have, um, I will email them to you and send them through LifePix. Cool. Uh, what is your favorite thing about working here at the Darkroom? Um, I work with really awesome people. Everyone is just so friendly and I get to learn a lot about photography and just how the whole processing works and different types of films and such. So are you, have you been converted? Are you a film shooter now as a result of working here? Um, I started in high school and I kind of drifted towards digital, but I've been recently shooting film again. I mean, I kind of do both, but I enjoy film more, to be honest. Well, very cool. Is this uh, this kind of entertaining, just having all of us just come in and just invade the work, the normally quiet workplace? Yeah, definitely. It's it's great to meet everyone, that's for sure. Cool. Yeah, thank you very much. This is uh, an awesome tour. I would kill to be at a kick-ass facility like this. This is really <laughs> sweet. And I, mean, I have Shell over here. She's hanging out. Hey, Shell, how's it going? Good. So what do you do here at the Darkroom? I help out a lot with their customer service and answering emails. Oh, you get the fun ones, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I also get to, um, I enter in a lot of stuff. I'm kind of like the jack of all trades. If they need me printing, I'll print. If they need me processing film, I'll process film. So I get how, to. How long have you been working here? I have been here um, at the darkroom for about five years. What is your favorite thing about working at the darkroom? Oh, that's a good question. I like, um, there's lots of perks to getting photo gifts and obviously your own stock done, but. I think my favorite part would probably be seeing like the old negatives come in of like really old black and whites and stuff of like families and stuff. I like like photo restoration and yeah, stuff. Well, photo restoration or family member finds them and wants prints made, and we get to bring them back to life and that or old film that are little time capsules. I just I like the old stuff. Cool. And are you a film shooter as a result? I am. I started getting into film again once I started working here and have a little collection of lamography cameras and I do shoot digital a lot in the water but I like to get artsy with the the analog. Well, very cool. Thank you both very much uh, Tamara and Shell for uh, for talking with us at the FPP. Be sure to stop by. We have tons of free film for you to, to shoot. I know where you can get it processed. It's this great place <laughs> we're at today. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thank Thank you. Hey, Joe, could you give us a quick, run, uh, quick and dirty rundown? Uh, what are all the print products you offer, and then of those products, the most popular products that the Darkroom sure. offers? Uh, let me turn around here so I can see them all. Uh, this whole section is dedicated. We do uh, metal prints all the way down from uh, 4x4, which is popular for Instagram type of photos, things like that, square images, up to 12x18. iPhone cases, necklaces. Mugs, mouse pads, t-shirts, clipboards, all these up top here are photo ornaments, uh, Christmas ornaments, I'm sorry. I don't know if anybody had ordered any of the, uh, the Christmas ornament uh, bamboo prints that we offered last year. That was the first year that we offered those. Uh, these were real popular last year. Photo bracelets. That's mostly, oh, travel mug. That's, that's the majority of what we offer. We, the photo mugs that we do, we have 11 ounce mugs, 15 ounce, and then the travel mugs as well. Um, I would say popularity wise, I think the most popular thing that we offer is the metal prints because they're so just in your face outstanding looking, you know, and Christmas time, we're doing photo mugs all day long. I still think the 11 ounce mug is more popular than the 15 ounce mug, maybe because it's a little bit cheaper. But uh, yeah, if anything, I think the, uh, the metal prints are the, what's the hot new ticket right now. Very cool. All right, favorite part about the darkroom tour? The dip and dunk tanks. I want one at home. <laughs> you want one? All right, fantastic.
Probably will never happen, but. <laughs> Favorite part about the tour? I like the uh, the sublimation where they put the print onto the metal board. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely seeing how it's made, right? Oh, definitely the uh, the dip and dunk uh, machine. It was very cool to see firsthand. Normally, it's in the dark. <laughs> Seeing where all the products were made, the prints and the mugs. Uh, the dip and dunk is always curious to see how that worked. The dip and dunk tank is really cool, and being able to see that they customized a, a processing machine just for black and white chemistry. Yeah, I, li- I like the uh, metal prints the best. They're very impressive, great quality. Yeah, the fact they dedicate all that equipment just oh, to make it. Oh, absolutely. A metal print. And, the, and the scanning as well is, is fantastic. Very yeah. good favorite part about the tour? Um, I enjoyed the gifting section where they explained how they apply photos to all the different gifts, especially the metal prints. My favorite was the uh, 110 dedicated scanner, because 110s are pain in the ass to scan. Know, they're adorable. Right, it was a great little yeah. little thing. So, yeah. Only takes a $6,000 scanner, remember Right, that. exactly. Uh, the dip and dunk machine, totally awesome. Really cool. Automated dip and dunker. After that, I'd never want to manually process again. So... What we know from today, there's going to be like 12 dip and dunk machines that get bought on eBay today. A super scanner who was just awesome was like meeting Elvis. There was a tour. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was like a ride, you know, to get on the ride. <laughs> right? You took the tour. I took the slow boat. Oh, you were on the slow boat tour? I took the Sunday tour. Like we, people were like, it was like an every, hour and a half. Every second someone was raising their... Oh. There was a lot of good questions. And, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we got a really in-depth uh, coverage of every... Aspect. Wow. Yeah. Was it like, you know, someone asks a question and he'll answer it, and then all of a sudden someone raised their hand, like, what film? Mm. <laughs> all of John's catchphrases. I don't even know. Uh, here's one more letter. Before we go back to the videotape. This is from Colin Hatcher. Uh, hi, folks. The subject line says other, but it's really going to be walking workshop feedback. Unbelievable. Just wanted to say a hearty thanks and a job well done on the workshop in San Clemente a couple of weeks ago. You guys and the nice people from the darkroom did an awesome job in carrying out this event. It was great to finally meet you and meet you all, and everybody was super positive. Sorry Leslie couldn't make it this time. She was missed. What about me? Nobody missed me. Nobody gave a crap about me. No, they don't talk (laughs) about me. Uh, Yeah, sure. No, nobody talked about me. Uh, the workshop was expertly hosted and catered with a healthy, healthy supply of Mr. Brown to boot. And thanks again for the bus ride down to the pier. What a great couple of days of warm weather and good people. Lots of laughter and sharing our collective, but still individually distinctive cases of gas. You're the best. Keep up the good work. And I hope to see you all again at another event real soon. Film photographically. Film frittata. I can't even say it. Film photographically yours, Colin Hatcher. So on Saturday, yeah, <laughs> uh, about two o'clock, a bus, a school bus pulled up. Mm-hmm. Did you see some of those pictures online? Yes, I did. We got on the bus and they took us down to the pier. Get on the bus, right? Yeah, let's go to the audio. Okay, and we'll we'll come back after. We're going to play all the segments, all the sound, all the bits and bobs from this great gathering, and we come back. We'll just uh, wrap it up. Hey, okay, here we go. <laughs> Hey, I'm here with Colin here in beautiful San Clemente. That Colin is, I, I don't know, is it fair to say? 110 enthusiast to the max. Hi, Colin. Hi. Hi, Michael. How did you get it to 110? 
Well, I actually had a 16 millimeter Minolta when I was a kid, and I, I got started on 16 millimeter, and then uh, 110 always kind of scared me because of the cartridges, and I didn't know how to reload them. But then uh, looked at a uh, instructable online. I think Nanoburger created that. That's Dan, our pal Dan Nanoburger, super friend to FPP. So I stumbled on him before I ever heard of FPP somehow, and he got me started on uh, cracking open the cartridges and slitting film out of 120, so I'm shooting Portra in uh, 110 cartridges now. You hear that, folks? The first thing I saw, I saw Colin with a Canon 110ED camera, which we've never talked about on the show, but it's an amazing rangefinder camera. When did you first discover this? Uh, This is probably a couple years ago. It's just an awesome little camera. It's got multi-features and uh, very flexible, actually. It's sort of cult underground, like it's not super popular, right? You never hear about it. No one ever shoots it that I've seen. And uh, it's rangefinder, like you said. It's aperture priority, and uh, it does a great job. It's got a great lens in it. Let's back up a little bit. Yes, that's right, folks, because you're probably scratching your head. You heard right. Colin is loading Portra 160 into his... 110 cartridges, and we spoke recently on a show about 126, cracking open the cartridge, putting the film in yourself. Is it the same thing, basically? Pretty much the same thing, yeah. What what I sought out in these cameras was a camera that didn't require perforations in the film to run perfectly. And these two cameras, the Pentax and the Canon, are, are two of those that don't require perforations, because that's the thing with 110, is it's perforated, and a lot of the cameras require that. For instance, the Minolta SLR requires perforation. There's a little pin that seeks that in the camera. And uh, I've thought of clipping the pin, but uh, haven't been brave enough. To do the, the Canon 110ED does not require perforations. It's not. Neither does the Pentax. Or the Pentax Auto 110. So what is the workaround? I mean, obviously you could send someone to the instructable site. What it does require is notching your cartridge in the appropriate place. You have to look inside if you see this little finder, that little silver rectangle. Yep, yep. You have to notch the cartridge where that is. As soon as you do that, you're good to go. Okay. Then every wind takes you to the next frame consistently. And how do you cut Portra 160 down to 110? I learned that from, I bought a film slitter from the guy at Goat Hill Photo. Yeah, yeah, Goat Goat Hill, yeah. Yeah, so he used to sell a film slitter, and I bought one, and then I just copied his design for a 120 size. I'll get three strips of 16 millimeter and one strip of minox out of every roll of uh, 120. No kidding. Now, have you done Ektar 100 as well? Yes, got Ektar. And where, where like, are you home processing in, in your home own C41? Home processing C41, black and white. Okay. Someone who's listening is like, whoa, I want to do this. For a Google search, what would they, who could they search, what Google search should they use to find this instructable? The Google. I think that would be, I think Nanoburgers is the microfilm, uh, 16 millimeter microfilm in 110, something like that. I forget how he's, you know, it's hooked up with the microfilm thing, and I forget if it's primarily 110 it might be just opening 110 cartridges and reloading cartridges. Do you scan your own 110? I do. What do you use to scan? I've got the Epson 750. And you you, you tape the 110 to a 120 um, holder? No, I got from FilmScan USA. They I got that too. They sell a, a 110 holder. A little pricey, but I think worth it. It is pricey, but for how much I use it, yeah, cheap. I'm like two or three years in on it now, so... Thank you very much, Colin. Yeah, you enjoying yourself here? Oh, very much. Great time. When you're, not, when you're not shooting 110, what do you prefer to shoot? Well, I've got my Mamiya 7 here, and I've got 35 millimeters. I kind of cover the whole deal. Very cool. Thanks. Thanks, Michael.
We're here at the FPP Walking Workshop 3 in San Clemente. I thought we'd have just a little Polaroid chat because this is not a very Polaroid-centric event because we're doing it at a lab. Can't process Polaroid film. <laughs> so we're all talking, you know, C41, E6, that's stuff like that. C41, E6. But I'm here with some FPP diehards like uh, Marcelo Yanez, Sarah Eakins, is that right? Yep, you got it. Got Sean Nelson over there. How you doing? Hey, Jessica Reinhardt, that's right, say hi. Hi. James Eakins. Hello. So, uh, now Marcelo, of course, started listening to the FPP, how old were you? Uh, 16 or 15. Okay, and you jumped right in. Yeah, First Polaroid camera was through you guys. What amazes me is because uh, Marcelo is so pro, uh, such a prolific Polaroid shooter. I thought like I'm like, how did you find us? He's like, oh, I found you guys. That's how I got into Polaroid photography. That's true. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah, I found you guys on Flickr and then uh, heard a couple podcasts and bought a uh, Land Camera 250 from the FPP store and started shooting with a 3000B and then I got an SX70. That, that is amazing. What folks here that may not remember is that Marcelo, he got the uh, interview with the Grand Dame of Carnegie Hall, who is... Adita Sherman. He did the Adita Sherman interview. Anyone knows that she's a great 8x10 shooter? Yeah, she uh, died a couple years ago of 102. Did she adopt you sort of like as a grandson? Uh, not necessarily. I just uh, knew her for about a month, but uh, that month I helped her uh, fix her 8x10 camera and her old Voigtlander Petsball lens, which was missing an element. Uh, which she thought she had lost, but apparently uh, she hadn't lost it, and so I was able to reinstall it in. Was her family a little worried that thought that you were trying to, like, get in on the fortune, thought, like, you were trying to, <laughs> they kind of shoo you, like, get out of here, kid? Not necessarily. I remember um, after I left New York uh, for that summer, I still kept in contact with her daughter, um, and when Adita passed away, they sent me a, a postcard and a letter and talking about how they were thankful that I did the interview with her and was a young person who was in her, interested in her work. Um, so they were they were happy about it. And then did you meet Bill Cunningham through Adita? Yeah, I only met him for a brief moment, and then uh, this past October I saw him again at a, an event at the museum I work at, and I said hi, but he was, he was a bit too busy shooting people in their dresses, so he didn't pay much attention. For folks listening, the great uh, Bill Cunningham's documentary out, it's called Bill Cunningham in New York. You've seen it a few times? It's fantastic. It's one of my favorites. And Bill doesn't really want to talk about it? Uh, no, he does not like the fame that he's gotten from that documentary. You know, he's an old man on his bike, and he doesn't like all the attention. Yeah. He's going strong? Yeah. I mean, I've seen him on his bike several times, uh, and I've <laughs> seen him working events, so he's still shooting. That's awesome. And what's, what uh, is your favorite Polaroid camera? Do you jump around from different formats? But what has stuck over the years? Like, what do you really like shooting? Instant. Uh, the SX-70 is still my favorite camera. I got a 180 in August, and it's been fantastic. And But, I mean, mostly the difference is the different film stocks. So Fade to Black is still my favorite film, and Time Zero. And Impossible, some of the older stocks. And then for the 180, a lot of the expired IDUV and 669 is all really great. Cool. And you're still shooting? Every day. Every day? Uh, pretty much. Instant and also some 35-120 or no? Uh, some 35 millimeter. yeah. I'm impressed. Thank you. <laughs> it's awful, awful awesome for you to come all the way from, are you in New York now? Yeah, I'm living in New York now. And you got on a plane to come here to San Clemente? I did. I got on a plane at 4.30 in the morning and came down to L.A. and then took a bunch of trains and buses. Oh. Did we meet your expectations? Uh, it's, been a good, it's been a good weekend. Oh, that's really good. Thank you. 
sitting next to you is Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hello, how are you? Sarah, I understand. Sarah is a Polaroid shooter, mainly a Polaroid shooter? Yes. I was talking to Phil. He's telling me, like, you make music. Is that something you don't want to talk about? No, no, no. Uh, my husband James Eakins, who's also here, we have a band called Broad Daylight, and uh, we've been making music, and then we kind of took a sabbatical from the music and started taking a lot of photos. Okay. Did you did you think about sending your music to FPP, or you didn't want to bug us? Oh my gosh! If you would play our music on FPP, we would be over the moon. Oh yes, we have a new song called Instant that was inspired by all of our instant photography, and it's uh, actually a very... <laughs> Analog sound uh, uses a lot of cello and stuff, and it's it's very very um, well. We're very proud of it, and so I think it captures the beauty of instant photography. How long have you been shooting instant? What would you say, like three years, two years, something like that? Yeah. What's your uh, like instant film of choice? Oh, I love the Spectra camera. I love the Impossible Spectra films. I love the the size. I love the easiness of it. I love the double exposure properties. And then um, I just recently started using an SX-70 one-step, and I really love that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's really, really fun. And um, I love the black and white films that Impossible makes because they develop so fast, so crisp, so beautiful. How often are you shooting? I'd say probably we go out and shoot at least weekly and uh we have a big group of photo polaroid enthusiasts yeah and so we all get together um maybe like six times a year and where are you from well we live in fullerton i'm from france fullerton's here in california yeah it's about 30 miles north of where we are here in san clemente okay and you guys you say a few times a year a few times a year you will actually get together with other shooters and have like a little meetup yeah, we'll go on polo walks all around downtown Los Angeles, all around Southern California, including national parks like Joshua Tree National Park. We went to a really cool ghost town called Bodie up in uh, Northern California. Mammoth Mountain. James brings his massive 8x10 camera and shoots impossible Polaroids out of that. It's really exciting. James, do you have your, your 8x10 camera here today? With an instant back or an instant film or no? Uh, five instant holders. This is James Eakins. You've been listening for a while, right? Oh, I've been listening for a long time. You're on the Flickr, too? Oh, of course. Broad daylight on Flickr. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving forward, instant-wise, anything on the horizon? Or, like, do you put together your, your, your images for presentation or any galleries or anything like that kind? Yeah, yeah. We uh, have a space at the Magoski Art Colony in Fullerton, and we show our instant photography. Um, this month, the first Friday of April, James is going to be showing some really amazing color infrared shots that he got printed here at the dark room on aluminum, and they just look incredible. No kidding. Oh, they came out beautiful. Awesome FPP color infrared printed on alumachrome um, here at the dark room that just came out fantastic. I got five, I got one of them and got hooked and immediately had to just keep ordering some, and now it's a show. When you first shot your first roll of a color infrared film, were you, were you hesitant? Were you expecting the results that you got? You know, I had been listening to you talk about it a lot, did a lot of reading, and just jumped. I like just experimenting and jumping in, and I was going to just have fun with it. And my first roll actually came out really good. I was really happy with it, and now I'm addicted, and all my money's going to the FVP. Everybody check out Broad Daylight on Flickr because you can see his amazing shots. They are just, I mean, I see them and I gasp. They're so cool. What filter are you using over your lens for color infrared? Yellow 12 is what I'm using. Yellow 12. That's great, right? Yes, it is. I have an orange, I forget what number, that I've used here and there, but I prefer the yellow. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. Any last plugs for your music? Oh. Where, where does someone hear your music? Uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Amazon. You can find us on CD Baby and broaddaylight.cc. Yeah, so just go to broaddaylight.cc. That's great. That's great. Thank you. Jessica, you're a Polaroid fanatic, right? That's uh, putting it mildly, yes. It is, putting it mildly. <laughs> yes, uh, Polaroid is magic. And, um, oh, here we go. This is great. I, I, I can't believe all of the great opportunities I've had because of instant film. And, uh, it, you know, the power of uh, the interwebs and uh, your podcast and Flickr and all sorts of uh, really great communities that have been built because of the passion that goes into this film. How did you find the FPP? Um, through Flickr, I believe. Okay. Um, it was a while ago. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the things that happened is I had shot uh, instant film through uh, college and then kind of put it away for a while. And when I heard the announcement that Polaroid was going to cease making film, my heart broke. And I went on um, the internet and I just started, like, trying to find as much of it as I possibly could. And I was drawn to the community that existed on Flickr and um, looking for any educational resources I could find. And that led me to a lot of the groups that were there and that led me to you. Have you been following and shooting with the Impossible Project film from the very beginning? From day one. So you're a, a pioneer? I am a pioneer. Um, I was lucky enough to shoot some of the first batches of film. Uh, Anne was nice enough to send me a, a press kit back in the day. I still have framed. You know, a lot of people gave a lot of flack for that film disappearing. I have archival, gorgeous, beautiful, has been exhibited in galleries film from that press kit. So if you knew how to work it, if you knew how to talk nice to it, um, the results were like nothing else. If you knew how to store it? That too. Just like True. me, a cold, dark place yeah. is, is ideal. And yes. um, I, I did have some film, you know, go a little janky, you know, every now and then. But uh, every single batch of that film has its own unique properties. And it... Um, it, it makes you think a little bit differently about uh, how you approach things. And um, when you get something that's really, really great, I don't know about you, but I start jumping up and down and I look like a maniac and I'm like standing on a street corner and people are staring and it's kind of... I, I, could, I could see that. Yeah. Oh, you could see me doing that? Yeah. 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 You're very mellow now, but I could see it. Mellow. I don't know if anybody <laughs> here would describe me as mellow. But or right now you're mellow. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite Polaroid format? Oh, that's like picking a favorite beetle or a favorite child. Do you shoot Spectra? I shoot Spectra. Um, Spectra, I, uh, I have my mother's camera. It's from the mid-90s. And one of the first things I did was invest in a uh, filter kit. And I highly recommend anybody with a Spectra camera uh, seek out the filter kits for that. Because not only... Um, you know, do they teach you how to use the film a little bit differently? But if you put PZ black and white and a red filter or an orange filter together, uh, the results are really, really cool. And I have some examples of that on my Flickr account. Uh, they're a couple years old, but, um, you know, the contrast goes up a little bit, and um, I got some really, really nice silver tones in there. That's awesome. My Flickr account is JetSetter23. Okay, and you're on the Instagram too? I am on the Instagram, same handle, JetSetter23, Twitter as well. So okay. I have um, a huge backlog of, uh, of work, but I try to you know, maybe post little snapshots on uh, Instagram and, uh, and other places as well. Do you shoot 35 or medium format at all? I do. Um, I shoot 35, and I was, I was lucky enough to win a very beautiful camera yesterday. Thank you very much. Tell me about that camera. Um, I won the uh, Nikon F. And oh, my God. <laughs> that, yesterday I had a lot of people coming up to me saying, you know, you lucky, lucky girl. Or maybe they used some other words that I can't repeat here. But um, 
uh, I'm, I feel very fortunate because I am Team Nikon for my 35 millimeter work, and um, I have a whole cadre of uh, you know cameras that uh, the lens you know that you gave me will will play nicely with as well. And uh, I took the uh, Nikon F you gave me, and I put my Lomo. Uh, Pretzel or Petzval lens. Pretzel. Yeah, the pretzel lens on it, and I, uh, I look forward to seeing those results. When I ordered my pretzel lens, I asked them, can I get it salted? They say no. Yeah, yeah, the humor doesn't necessarily always translate. But, no, uh, definitely not. Yeah. Um, and uh, I also shoot uh, um, 8x10 uh, instant with uh, James. We're, uh, oh, my goodness. We're, we're collaborators every now and then. Um, Are you guys in the same area? Um, I live about uh, 90 miles north of here, okay. so um, I'm part of the uh, Motley crew that gets together with, um, you know, other folks in uh, Southern California. We uh, we formed uh, Polo Walking in L.A., which is a Flickr group, and anyone's welcome to go on there and okay. and talk to us and ask us about Instant and um, join us and join us for a Polo Walk. You don't even need to bring an Instant camera. I usually have about eight to twelve with me, so <laughs> you know, if you help me carry my stuff, you can probably use one of my cameras. We we rented. Um, a, uh, an 8x10 camera the first time we went up to Bodie and um, that was quite an adventure uh, we um, were lugging an 80 pound camera around this ghost town along with a, you know, a 60 pound processor with a hand crank um, you know, just because we like to make things complicated and uh, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun and a great learning process and um, that's what I love about instant photography is every single time I shoot it I learned something new. What, uh, for a person who's never shot instant photography, just for ease factor, what would you recommend? Um, for getting started, you know, you don't have to go out and, and you know, spend $300 on an SX-70. Um, I mean, that's the, the gold standard of, of, you know, control and being able to do wonderful things. But um, if you get a camera at a thrift store, you know, even if it's a, you know, plastic uh, one-step 600, you can get great shots with that. And those things are, are so durable and beastly that, I mean, once you sort of learn the ins and outs of that, it's sort of like the gateway drug to other instant cameras. Um, you know, the other thing is, is that uh, my father gave me a land camera 360 when I was in college. It was his. And um, that was sort of the thing that really got me into to instant. And I know I've found, um, you know, land camera 100s. And, you know, Marcelo was talking about the camera he got off of your store. Um, and you can get those pretty affordably, and, and you can shoot with uh, Fuji, um, you know, for not spending a lot a shot, and um, you'll get that same experience and that magic um, that, that we all love. That's the peel type film. The uh, yeah, the automatic uh, 100 or 200 series uh, cameras are, are the peel apart film, and you can still get the Fuji. And then the uh, 600 one step camera is the you know kind of the plastic Polaroid camera that everyone thinks of. Um, and, you know, I found those at thrift shops for five bucks. And uh, what's cool is, you know, a lot of people don't know that you can uh, shoot without uh, executing the flash or you can, you know, tape filters over them or you can use the close-up kit. I mean, there's so many different things that you can um, do to those cameras to modify them and, and make them do what you want. But the most important thing you can do with Impossible Film is cover it as soon as it comes out of the camera and you'll yep. get beautiful results. Awesome. Matt's, hey, Matt. You ready? They're almost done with the tour. Yeah, you want to go get the hook? Pull them, pull them out with the hook? Oh, okay. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm just going to really quick just go around here. Like, here's Mr. Sean Nelson. Hi. I'm coming over to you because your avatar is you with the Polaroid land camera on your head. That's right. That's my favorite 250 on my head. That's I, awesome. It's kind of an Uncle Fester look, you know? Yeah. You shaved head and everything. So. Do you shoot a lot of Polaroid? I do. Over the last year and a half, I've kind of uh, hit every thrift store in Utah and, and collected everything from 100s all the way up to the 450 and 
and uh, all just all kinds of stuff. You shoot thirty five and one hundred and twenty as well. I do, um, just for fun. Uh, you know, it, I, I can guarantee I'll take a camera, shoot some film, screw it up, totally mess it up, uh, and then go back and do it all over again the right way. That's awesome. What's your favorite of, of what is your favorite instant format? The Fuji peel apart stuff is by far my favorite. And what's your favorite pack camera? Um, probably the 250. Yeah, it's a sweet but camera. I also like the plastic body ones too because they really kind of some of the unpredictable results that you get out of them and scanning the negatives off of the black and white really give you some uh, dramatic looks. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you, Sean. Thanks. I'm here with Jeff Greenstein and Jessica. We, talk, we spoke to Jessica. And there, you know, we're here at the FPP walking workshop, and Jeff's asking Jessica about her Petzal lens. And I'm like, whoa, 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 stop. And Jeff's like, oh, you take it. No, I'm not. No, Jeff, go, start All right. from scratch. Okay. All right. So this is a gorgeous piece of brass, I mm-hmm. want to say, hardware. Yes. That's an, is it a Nikon F mount? It is. Okay. And it's this lovely just it looks like the barrel of like an old rifle or something it's gorgeous looking right and i guess what lomo makes this or sells this yes uh lomo uh did a uh kickstarter for it about a year and a half ago yeah and um i spent more on it on a kickstarter than i ever had before because i saw it and it just looked absolutely gorgeous and since i'm you know my aesthetic tends to lean toward uh you know, old and interesting. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I I said, you know, what the heck? I'm going to try. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try this out. Okay, we're going to get to the punchline of how much this cost in just one minute. Okay. The idea behind this is to replicate the look of the old lenses of the early part of the 20th century, right? Correct. Not, uncoated. Yes. Not designed on a computer. Right. And what talk, talk about the look you get, the like kind of swirly bokeh that you get out of this thing. Um, the uh, the bouquet is uh, it's really gorgeous. Um, it's it, it almost reminds me of like a Van Gogh painting. Mm. Um, and uh, you know when you put the um, you know lens all the way open, yeah, uh, which you have to use aperture plates. Um, that they uh, t- I don't that, know what that is. There, there are no f stops. There are no f stops. You you insert these aperture plates oh that God. come with the camera, and they also give you um, a blank one so you can make your own custom aperture plate and uh my friend jay has also 3d printed me some aperture plates for uh the lens as well does each plate have what f-stop it is on it it does every one of them every single one of them um and they also make some special shapes they have i think star heart um teardrop so that and those affect the way out of focus yeah yeah the yeah the the shape of those so i haven't really played around with a lot of those i've seen some really beautiful work uh with that but um i tend to shoot all the way open um because that, uh, that's where you get the maximum result from it. How long have you been using this device? Um, I got it about a year ago. Um, so and you were part of the first wave of people to get theirs because you backed it on Kickstarter. Exactly. And it was actually one of the first uh, projects that... Um, the whole show. Uh, this is good. Trying to replicate Jeff, yeah, no, Jeff's doing such a great job. I'm in awe. Continue. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> so the, um, yeah, I, I backed it on Kickstarter. And, um, you know, with Kickstarter, you know, the green assault is always, you know, you can't be in a hurry. But I will say that they came very close to their delivery date, nice. um, and the packaging was gorgeous, and I got a deal on it. Um, yeah. I, I backed it, I think, for three hundred and fifty dollars. Right. So the lens now retails for six hundred and fifty. So um, if all my investments could do that well, I'd yeah. uh, be able to buy a lot more film. Right. So, so it's a today it's a six hundred dollar piece of hardware. Right. Would you recommend this to film partisans such as ourselves? I would, um, especially if you shoot a lot of portraiture. Um, I tend not to shoot a lot of portraiture at this point in my life. I I have in the past, but um, 
I, I the shots that I have on my Flickr account um, right now are uh, ma- you know a little bit of macro um, photography. Uh, I went out to the uh, California Poppy Preserve and um, yeah. shot Loma Chrome Purple with that lens and uh, and got some really great results. But I also shot a few portraits when my uh, polo group went out to uh, Joshua Tree, and there's a really great picture of Sarah Eakins um, on uh, on my page as well. Nice. So. All right, my final question, i turn it back to Mike. What's the focal length of this lens? It depends on what uh, camera you put it on. It's about 85. Oh, so um, a really good portrait lens. It's like a really good saying. portrait yeah, lens, okay. but I, um, I also have a uh, digital um, Nikon. <laughs> Gasp. And um, it's a, I have a D90, and uh, it's, it's a crop sensor, obviously. So uh, when I was trying to get to know the lens, I spent a lot of time putting it on there before I, you know, yeah. expended film on it. And the crop factor makes it at about 100 uh, millimeter, a uh, little, you know, give or take. Yeah. So you don't get as much, um, you know, field of swirl. But if you put it on a full-frame digital, you know, you get similar results. And there's also been some uh, motion picture, you know, yeah. work that's been done with it, um, yeah. you know, if someone puts it on a... Uh, a oh, camera that shoots, yeah, yeah that shoots, um, you know, uh, live action yeah, as well. Cool. But, All right, yeah. thank you. Could I ask the, accumulate, the accumulated uh, um, uh, Polaroid experts here? One of the things I, I used to like doing um, was taking the SX-70 uh, um, images when Polaroid used to make the film and then manipulate it. So you had that, you know, really interesting sort of unique image within a unique image. Are any of the films that are currently available... Can you do the same kind of physical manipulation of, of the image? Uh, this is Larry Shapiro asking a question here at the FPP. Um, yes, you, you can. Um, it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, the emulsion, if you, if you actually read up on, on the development of the film, um, you know, they had to basically reverse engineer film that happened to fit in your camera. So a lot of people who have shot Polaroid in the past were frustrated because they didn't know how all these new properties would affect their workflow. And um, what happened is um, some of the emulsions are thicker um, and some of the emulsions are thinner. One of the things that you can do that's really great, even with the black and white film, is it's a really great workhorse for emulsion lifts. So you can, you know, cut it open, throw it underwater. I've even done 8x10 emulsion lifts with it. Um, I don't think I have any of those posted, but um, usually I use my shots that aren't so great to practice. If you, if you compare the, the thickness of the emulsions, it's a little bit more stretchy. And there are some folks on Flickr who are doing, uh, you know, traditional um, modifications, you know, that are um, pressing things right. and, and, and doing that as well. And then there are people that are drawing on so, them. So you can use Impossible Project, you can use Impossible Project films to do that hand manipulation. You know, it might not look exactly like Time Zero did. I mean, Time Zero is the most magical film that was yeah. ever created. But uh, I know uh, there are several people out there who are doing that. Um, you know, and if, if you go on Flickr, you can find a lot of them. There's also um, a gentleman who's adding gold leaf and silver leaf to some of his uh, compositions. And it's, it's really, really beautiful. So um, get out there and play with it. You know, I mean, I know... It's expensive to play with. Well, anything is. Anything worth doing is, is going to have an opportunity cost. But um, if you plan ahead, if you look for sales, if you buy film in bulk, if you go in with your friends on bulk sales, uh, you can get the cost per shot down. Um, as a pioneer, um, I, I had the, you know, ability to get the cost per shot down on a lot of the stuff. But um, you just have to uh, you just have to jump in with both feet, and um, you know you'll you'll get some results that are worth it. Marcelo, you have something to add? Yeah, I mean a lot of the impossible films you can manipulate them not only in the traditional way, but you can add bleach to them. Uh, 
for the black and white films and the color films, you can create transparencies and start layering them. Ben Anderson did a lot of great stuff with that. Uh, you can even recover a negative from the Impossible film using bleach. It's a three-step process, and there's a blog on it on Snap It, See It. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can you can basically do whatever you want to it. I've added coffee grounds, I've added bleach, mm. just to age the film and manipulate it. Uh, there's another photographer, Brian Henry, uh, who's done that with all sorts of different films, uh, 3000B, 100B, 100C, every Polaroid film imaginable. He's been able to manipulate it somehow, uh, playing with different things. Larry, cool? Thanks. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, I have two SX-70s sitting in the closet that I tried the Impossible Project originally, and I wasn't particularly keen on the, on the, the film, but, you know, still it's, you know, I haven't given them up. Pull them out. Get some Impossible <laughs> film. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Awesome. Here at the FPP, we're inside now in the air conditioning in the dark room. We're Dane Englert, FPP listener. Hey, Dane. Hello. As we say on the FPP, Dane's actually in the bag. <laughs> he's in the bag, and he's rolling for the first time a 120 film off of the 120 spool onto a 620 spool. So if you want to shoot 620 film, like an old brownie, it's the same film, you just need a different spool because the brownies need a much thinner spool. So we've been really talking it up. Uh-oh, Dane's making some faces. How's it going? My fingers are hurting. They're worn out. Okay, yeah, it'll, it will hurt your fingers. You can't buy it already rolled at the FPP. Then you save yourself the finger pain, but me, Mike Rosso, I will have the finger pain. <laughs> I found the bubble. Okay, how big is the bubble? The bubble's not very big. I think it'll be all right. I'm yeah, just going to keep, keep rolling. Going, keep rolling. going to keep rolling. It's a process like any fil- filmy process that once you do it a few times, you know, it really just becomes like no big deal. This doesn't seem, you don't seem no. to, you're not breaking a sweat. No. I could do this all, not all day, but. Yeah. You could do a few rolls. Yeah, I could do a few rolls. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's a lot easier than I thought. Have you shot six tw- in 620 cameras before? I have shot it before in 620 film. This is the first 120 that I've rolled onto a 620. So the first time shooting new film in your 620 camera. That's correct. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Kodak Duoflex. Yeah, that's a great, great camera. Well, thanks, Dane. Thank you for showing me. Yeah. Man's best friend. Make some of man's best pictures. Appealing snapshots, beautiful color slides, lively home movies. Your dog has a personality all his own. So you don't need trick shots or dog show poses. Just watch him quietly, keep your camera ready, and you'll get the kind of picture only you can take. If you can, have a helper who knows your dog. Then, as he talks quietly to your dog, you'll get the kind of alert expression you've been waiting for. A favorite ball or bone is almost sure to bring you an appealing pose like this. And don't forget his friends or acquaintances. And remember, they all look best before a simple background. Of course, you'll want to do as all professionals do and take several shots of every situation. That way you'll be sure to get pictures you'll enjoy over and over again. And whether you make snapshots, color slides, or home movies, always use dependable Kodak film. The film in the familiar yellow box. Hey man, we're back. How's that? That's better. Hey man, we're back. <laughs> Sitting here with Brandon Nedwick, and Brandon is like, when did you first discover the FPP? I think I first discovered the FPP somewhere around 
fall of 2011, I think. Okay. And I've been a pretty regular listener since then. And then it's great. We're out here in California. Uh, you've been to quite a few FPP events. I have. I have. Uh, the the New York Walk in spring of 2012, I think, was my first. You're, you're like an FPP veteran listener. Yes, I think that's accurate. Since we last saw you, I guess it was a few years ago? Yeah, a couple years ago. What? have you, You're still excited about film? Still carrying the torch, man. Doing what I can. Yep. And what what formats have you been... What are you passionate about? Uh, lately, I've been doing a lot of uh, 120 and some 4x5. Uh, 35 millimeter only if I'm doing a walk around kind of thing. But uh, trying to give the bigger cameras a little love. Ah, have, have you bought any cameras or lenses in the last few years? Uh, no, I think I've pretty well gotten the gas under control. Um, yeah, I think I've... Oh, I guess I, I added a 105 to my Nikon kit. Just because that's one of the... the, the Nikon Mafia lenses, you know, you got to get 105 millimeter. Yeah, 105 f 25 Oh, okay. Yeah. And are you shooting any instant? Not so much anymore. I guess I still take the the Polaroid uh, automatic 100 out to parties and such. That's always a always a popular item, but not so much for myself. Still listening to the shoe. Yeah, yeah. Shoe? What shoe? Kind of. I've kind of switched to listening in batches. I'll let a couple pile up and then have a good three or four hour FPP extravaganza at my apartment. Okay. What do you think of this event? Well, it's a great event. Uh, a little hot, but uh, got a good crowd, and it's nice to get out of the winter misery of the East Coast. So it's so great to see faces that we're familiar with, and I'm so thrilled like you're still with us. Oh, it's a, always a pleasure. Thank you, Brandon. I'm walking out here. I'm walking out. Hey, Matt, what's going on? Hey, so we're uh, we're doing little one-on-one demos with the uh, with Keith's uh, Cinar F four F F four by five. We got a wide-angle lens, and we're doing movements to get everything really tall up, sharp focus. Uh, these lovely ladies here are getting the demo. We're talking about uh, we're talking about beach photography, landscapes. Beach. beach. Hi. 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 <laughs> hey ho. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun. We got people out shooting, people shooting other people shooting, yeah. people shooting the other people who are shooting shooting. How's our? Have you shot any of our four by five yet, the Ektar? No. Oh, I don't do that right now. All right, just under the white tent is great light. Okay. I've been called by Marcello. Oh, Marcello. Yes, that's where I'm going. I'm now walking across the parking lot to Marcello. Hey, Marcello. Hey. Shooting uh, FP 100 C 45. Oh, are you really? Oh, very nice. Do you have the capability of shooting a regular piece of film? Uh, I do. I have a film back with a Portra 160 in my bag. Would you shoot one of our FPP shots? Sure. On Ektar 100? Sure. Because you'll be set up for 100, right? Yeah. And what is this camera? Uh, it's a Zone 6 Vista. Very nice. Yeah. Your camera? Yes, it is. How long have you had it? Uh, it's been around a year already. And how, you've shot with it? Yeah, I've shot with it. Not a ton, though, because uh, I don't have enough subjects who are willing to stand still enough. Okay, very good. And you, you want to shoot me? Yes, definitely. Okay, great. I'm going to sit down. All right, we'll be back. I'm Phil the Yeezys. Yes. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. After the Costa Fest. Hey, we're back. Mr. Brown. You know, what was interesting about the event and looking at all the folks that showed up is people kind of came, and then they kind of, it was almost like uh, Lord of the Flies. Yeah. People, people, How's that? People gravitated. Why, why am I always piggy? <laughs> people gravitated into their own groups. Was so that right? All of a sudden, there was like a Polaroid contingency. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then there was the large like, format guys went off, the... The Pentax 110 guys all got together. Yeah, this gent, Colin Hatcher, <laughs> mm-hmm. we read his letter before. He wrote yeah. me two additional letters having to do with what he was passionate about, which is uh, micro formats. He takes like a Kodak Portra 120 film 
and he cuts it down to one ten size. Oh my! It's a, called a film slitter, mm-hmm. which we heard about. It's a good name. <clears throat> it's a film slitter. He has, you know, through his research online. Also, our good friend uh, Dan Nanoburger. Mm-hmm. Remember us talking about Dan? Dan's sure. also into like instructables and. Mm-hmm. DIY, right? Which is awesome. Colin sent me a list of cameras that can you take a one ten cartridge, you crack it open, and you could load in film you cut down. Whew, crazy, right? Yeah. These How cameras. Long it take them to do that. These cameras don't need sprockets. Sprockets. No sprockets. Weiss that? The Canon one ten ED, which is a rangefinder one ten camera. That's beautiful. It is. Do you have one of those? I do. Uh, Let me show you real quick. Okay, cool. Wrote a song about it. I like to hear it. Here it goes. Whoa. <laughs> it creaked when it opened. That's a Rangefinder 110. It's beautiful, isn't it? Wow, look at that. Hold that up there. Hold that bad boy up. Whoa. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love Range So, so the, much easier. <clears throat> the 110 ED, the Pentax Auto 110, which we're all familiar with, the Minolta 110 SLR Mark One. that's the sandwich, the, sandwich, the pancake, right. not the, yeah, the, he calls it the sandwich. The flat one. We call it the pancake. And something called a Fujika Pocket 350 Zoom. Fujika? Yeah, there you go, Fujika. Fujika. And also a Kodak Pocket Instamatic 60, but the problem with the Pocket Instamatic 60 is it takes a K battery, which... Yeah, you need to work around. Yeah. With, the, with the, these other great cameras, why even bother? K batteries went the way of the K car. Exactly. Mm. But you, can, you can make a K, but it's yes. annoying. Uh, in, the, in his interview, he mentioned the company. They're called uh, Go- Goat Hill. Mm. They make film slitters. Oh, do they? So if you can go to their website and then call the dude up, you can call the guy up and say, I want to slit my own. <laughs> Called the suicide hotline. I want to slip my own film. Yeah. He sells the slitter to take one twenty film and you pull it through, and it makes like a bunch of you know, you know. That's crazy. Crank. Cr crank. Yeah. You do That's that crazy, in the, in right? The bag or in a very dark room. Very dark room. Yeah. yeah. I think you're gonna need right. a tabletop. Yeah. Uh, I did ask uh, Colin about um, uh, microfilm, shooting microfilm. Like, Microfish. like for example, what if it's like 25 ISO? What do you do with mm. these cameras? And duh, like I should know the answer to this. You put an ND gel over your your lens because mm. the 110 cameras. They, they're looking for either 100 speed or 400 speed. The cartridges are notched, so... Yeah, but if you're putting what speed film in it? 25. Uh, well, that would do the opposite. No, you need to... Because that would slow, your, slow it down even more. If you're, Well, the cartridge says 100 speed, so if you have 25, you need to knock it down. Knock it down! So you need an ND. It's exposing a 25 ISO at 100. Oh, you, you mean these cameras that have just automatic yeah. fixed shutters? Yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. I got They you. all have yeah, automatic. Yeah, yeah. All of these have automatic. Okay. Well, NASA's shooting his horizon. Speaking of NASA, yeah. did you mention NASA? Yeah, just Yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking just at the flicker. Second. Here's a letter from And NASA. we're not talking hey. about blowing like two co-buys. Two co Booyah! Wow! Hey, Mike, thanks for the mention on the latest FPP podcast. You made me laugh when you said it took you 20 minutes to talk someone into making their portrait. Dude, come to Oxford. I'll show you the ropes on the street. Yeah, that guy takes 100 portraits a day. He just walks up to people on the street. Yeah, he's got it down. He does that. Yeah, he, he's got it down. It happened in California. So cool. yeah. One of our, our uh, listeners who was there 
uh, did you notice on the beach there was a dude in a trailer just like hanging out? Yeah, that was cool. Like you look in the trailer, it's like a bed, and there was just, like just just dude that's hanging out. <laughs> it was like so, a, it was like a camper cab on the back yeah. of an old Toyota pickup truck, you know. And so it was just like a surfer. One of the attendees at the walking workshop shot him. They, I think he or she said, just walked in, walked in, said, "Oh, can I shoot you?" And the guy was like, "Hey, man, sure." <laughs> I can't experience that. If I asked him, he'd be like, oh, no, well, my one eye is bad. Uh, you know, I'm not wearing the right clothes. <laughs> this angle. Like, everyone. Like, I only had one yeah. pair of clothes. All right. A quick request. Please, can you make the podcasts a little longer? <laughs> Cutting them to the 60-minute mark seems too short. Keep the gang chatting a bit longer, please. How about bringing back the Flickr pool segment and talking about some of your favorite pictures in the group? Okay. Yeah. I really enjoyed that segment from back in the day, and I discovered lots of other photographers that way and people to follow on Flickr. Breaking news. I picked up a roll of Fuji at, what is this, Etma or Eterna? Eterna. Eterna 250D motion picture film to test. Yep. Mm. There's no XP date, but it was factory sealed, and the seller said it's two to three years old. I'll report back when I have some results to share. Cheers. Nasir. The 250D, it's equivalent to the Kodak Vision 3. Similar. Oh, diff- yeah. Different brand. Fuji. Fuji used to make motion picture film. Really? They stopped making it last year. Because uh, Kodak got the contract with Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Oh. So and this just isn't, isn't enough call for it. Fuji's getting dropping stuff here and left and right. Huh? Uh, Fuji just discontinued their uh, oh. Neopan Did they? across. Oh, yeah? 35 millimeter only. 120 oh. still around. Got a couple rolls of that in the freezer. Yeah. So... It's just the way it is. That's all I have. You got a big stack there. You want me to read more? more, Nasir wants you to make the shows longer. Make the show longer. You know what? I'm gonna. Normally, Nasir, this show would end. Like just drop. We would just drop you like a hot potato. Now you just (laughs) fade in some of Darren's music. Yeah, but you know what? We're gonna keep the show going. Yeah. Here, here's a letter from Jonathan uh, uh, Fire Ost- Eater Ost- Ostberg. Here you go. We gotta keep keep, keep the show going. This. Don't don't end it. Keep the show going, okay? Keep keep talking. Keep the show going. We'll don't going. end the show though. I no, I no. want to I wanted to keep keep going on after. It says nine minutes remaining, but um, I want to keep the show going. Yeah, well, you know, we'll handle it. <laughs> Hello, FPP. I'm a big fan of the podcast and been following you for two years now. Have listened to all your episodes. Something that I have noticed during my time as a listener is that before there are lots of contests and stuff going around that drag the listener into the podcast. It made a lot of listeners involved. Sometimes I miss the period you guys had when you had so much sound effects that it became funny but goofy in a good way. Well, great. Now that Nasir has extended the show, now you have to add sound effects and giveaways. What is this, the request show? C41. One, two, three, forget about it. Boston Luna Pro. You want to send the kid for my Jeff Fresh? One, two, three, forget about Super it. Super amazing. C41. C41. <laughs> Boston Luna Pro F. You are a me. One, two, three, forget about it. K14. It's all in the past now. 
from okay. a filmaholic to another. Keep up the good shoe and keep inspire people to shoot more film. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'm down with that. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. Oh, did you hear that? No. I'm giving you uh, chances to put in sound effects. Okay, thank you. Damn, man, look at that, look! Booyah! Wow! <laughs> Whoa! Hey, Mike, hey, Mike how, are you? how are you? Hey, what was that all about? Oh, believe me, I'll put them in all right. <laughs> but it's, it, you <clears throat> used to do, uh, like, giveaways on the show. Whatever happened to that? The giveaways? Yeah. The giveaways happened at the walking workshops. No, uh, I mean, like, on the show, you used to be like, oh, on today's giveaway, you know, this month's giveaway, uh, da, da, da. you just send yeah. us an email and we'll pick something. There's and... so much work to be done at the FPP that I'm still catching up. Like, only, like, three months ago. Like, it took too many months to get the... Ow! <laughs> <laughs> to get the giveaways out. Don't hurt yourself. Huh? It's just a question. Yeah, it's just a matter. Of, why do you want? Do you want to volunteer? Come, come down. Give do, pack boxes. I mean, I, I, well, I'm not saying I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying whatever happened to them. But right. I, I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I'll give give me a box of cameras today, and I'll ship them out. Great. What's your uh, your FedEx account number? Five. <laughs> Uh-oh. Mr. Burns' social security number. Ot, ot, ot. Ot, 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 ot. Ot, ot, two. Curse you, McKinley. <laughs> we'll read one more letter before we hit the rickety road. Okay, let's do that. There you go. Uh, it's from John. What did you say? Uh, <laughs> I've been listening for about three years after getting a serious film habit about nine years ago. And I love the camera talk, though I should confess I also use digital too. <gasps> Blasphemy. Anyway, Michael's ongoing EOS or EOS love made me want to share my favorite gem of the 90s, the EOS or EOS 5. It's very fast, solid, and capable, but also very cheap and unloved due to an early production control dial fault. Oh. These EOSs, I'll tell you what. No, the EOSs. I've gotten effed more by ES than I have by... Very sad, but the scroll. Oh, my God. <laughs> had mine for three years now I and absolutely... zinged. <laughs> Zinga. Absolute, uh, had mine for three years now and absolutely love it for autofocus film stuff paired with the 50 uh, millimeter 1.8 or the 17 millimeter for 17 through 40. Ooh, that's a nice that's one. That's a beautiful lens. Ooh. I own that lens. What is that open to? That's 182? No. That's probably an F4. 17? Wow. 17 yeah, to 40. Odd. It's a wonderful lens. But it's so odd. Nothing that odd about it. 17 it's, is pretty odd. And some Acros 100. Who Speaking makes of what's Acros? Acros? What is that? That's the Fuji that you just said is discontinued. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's discontinued at 35. Sorry, John. Not 120. Well, the EOS is a 35, isn't oh. it? Oh. Stock up. Yeah. Get out there and get it, John. Get it. Get it. Come on. Get it. <laughs> hey, anyway. speaking of which, what? did you hear Roscoe P. Coltrane died? He, no, he didn't. Yeah. Oh, damn Dukes. Oh, we're going to get them new bars. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how old was he? Do you know? 88, I want to say. That's pretty respectable. Yeah. Wow. And so did, so did Stan Freeberg. Yeah. What is he known for? Uh, he was Musish. a musical Musician. parody. He was like the original Weird he Al. He did the Hello Mother. Hello, father. Here I am in Camp Canada. He was like the he was the the darling of the Doctor Demento show when I was a kid. Yeah, that's anyway. it. Dead. 
Camp is very entertaining, and they say we'll have some fun when it stops raining. My parents played play that all the time. <laughs> Did they laugh? Yes. <laughs> now that's good satire. <laughs> not like that's this, my impersonation not of like Michael's mother. Cheech and Ching that you what's, listen to. What's this? It's a Yashika. Don't open oh. it. It's a tin Yashika. All right, folks. So that was it. You know, I. Are you going to see her a whole extra five minutes? <laughs> you got your calcu- <laughs> looks like your '70s calculator. Yeah, really? <laughs> there you go. So that's it. We'll be back in uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. You sound like a parrot. Uh, we have upcoming. We have some exciting shows, by the way. So we'll be back in two weeks. Let's play some music. Okay, I'm going home to calculate the distance from the Earth to the Sun. <laughs> Do you want to see? Look at that underwater camera. Yeah. yeah.